welcome to Crudely Drawn Swords, an actual play podcast about punching in a barren step. I'm Ben Moxon, your host and GM. You can find me at Glenatron on Twitter or follow the show at Crudest Swords. You can also purchase merchandise and even get a copy of the soundtrack from Bandcamp at crudelyformedchords.bandcamp.com. I'm mostly mentioning that because I like saying crudely formed chords. With me are the four heroes of this grand narrative, or at least the accomplices to the heroes who we know really are the NPCs. <laughs> so, from left to right on my screen, who are you and who do you play? I'm Ali, and I play Enigma, Enigma, Enigma. And you can catch me at the Edinburgh Show. <laughs> Perfect, yes. August the 3rd to the 13th, <laughs> at quarter to 11, in where it's the Southsider, <laughs> with CJ Hooper. Nice. I like how packed you've got that what the venue is. Yeah, I literally... Wherever we are. I was trying to remember. Just look for us. There's not much on in Edinburgh Fringe. I've got one in the counting house and I don't even know what night and I can remember counting house but not South Cider. Do you have a number in the counting house? Because that seems appropriate. Feels like we should. (laughs) Okay, and next up... I'm Gwyn and I play Percival Cleft, the paladin. Do you have any rights of way you want to publicise? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Magnus and I pay Banbury Lutes. You can leave a review for the entire podcast on your usual service. That's the but truth. like iTunes. Or visit Squarespace. <laughs> <laughs> we're not on Squarespace. Goddamn. <laughs> but feel free, you know, we're not going to stop mean, you. Yeah, you can still visit it. <laughs> There's lots of things. You can visit the Grand Canyon. It's pretty nice. Uh, did anyone mention how great The Economist is? <laughs> Yes, we're not sponsored by uh, Squarespace, The Economist, or The Grand Canyon. Or Harry's Razors. Uh, finally, we have... Hi, I'm Stuart and I play Tristan T. Wilde. You can catch me every other Wednesday at 12pm outside the Community Learning Centre for a cracking ranger-led guided walk. <laughs> Simply Google Harmonsworth Moore directly onto the third runway flight path. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. <laughs> wow, it sounds like those walks are really taking off. Yeah, hey. brilliant. Oh, <laughs> but seriously, Google Harmonsworth Moore. It's disgusting what they're doing. Carry <laughs> on. There, Welcome to our light-hearted, fun, non-political podcast. Gotta get the message out. Screw you, third runway. <laughs> We've gone political, you guys. When last we saw our heroes, they had carefully concealed the corpse that had showed up in the middle of their camp, only to discover that their careful attempts were completely futile because it all went wrong. And it was clear that the hounds of the southern ice had been right through in spite of the fact that not only had they been on watch, but Percy had cast a powerful spell to warn them against any dodgy goings-on. And consequently, Coon was not happy about them inviting a highly dangerous servant of the southern ice and a pack of magical hunting dogs into the area where the riding people, civilians, might be found, and made the request that if there was an opportunity for them to deal with the gentleman in question, perhaps they should take that opportunity before too much longer. And as our episode ended, Banbury Lutz had gone on a research trip, with the emphasis on trip, using the power of a cactus... Sweet druggy drug drugs! ...to travel spiritually through into the distance to see their pursuer bloody hippie and discover the truth of his power 
he returned to his own body, shouted the word Trevor and collapsed into a deep sleep. The hawks were left to make of that what they would. The true power was the friends he made along the way. <laughs> yes, which was... Trevor. Actually, he, as we speak, Banbury is making a new friend. But he is also kind of comatose. He might be... Is he dribbling as well, Banbury? Yep, he's full on dribbling. Uh, his eyes are rolled back in his sockets if they try and open his eyelids. He is tripping absolute balls right now. Nice. Banbury, you have this strange feeling of falling backwards through the ground. I get it. So Banbury's falling. Yeah. Not physically, but mentally through the darkness. And yeah. spinning and churning. Uh, and uh, he comes to a stop, I assume, at some stage? Or is this just... You fall down onto a flat, wide expanse of snow. And... The only marks on this snow are some footprints and a name, the name Banbury, written in a yellowish splatter. Mm. And it's night, and far above are the southern lights. And you have been in this mental space before. Well, this hasn't gone correctly. Uh, Bambri's going to pat himself down and just check his metaphysical self. Uh, everything, uh, his knees are in the right place. Everything seems to be metaphysically much as you'd hope. It seems like you've travelled very completely to wherever this place is. Okay. And the thing so you pr might remember from last time, because... Being back in this space creates a very vivid recollection in your mind. Well, I kind of half did the job last time, so I best finish it off now. And I will add loots in hot steaming piss <laughs> under the Banbury <laughs> in the snow. And then I'll put a little kiss mark if I've got the artistry to do that. Um, I won't make you roll for it in this case. Thank you. But that probably should be dead. The thing that you do remember is that within the Southern Lights, you could see a figure last time. And once again, you see a figure silhouetted against that sky. So Banbury obviously is there wearing his hat and all of his other kind of various bits. Yes, he has the things that he... He has the things he believes himself to be carrying. So okay. like... If he has his broom, yep. it's probably the broom he imagines himself to have. He didn't have his broom, I don't think, when he fell unconscious, but he did have everything that was strapped to him. So he's got, I assume, Jabrus and a sock around his waist. Yeah. He'll have yeah. Um, on his hip a small bag containing some fire marbles. Yeah. So he's in a slightly different situation than he was last time, so we'll feel a bit more confident. Yeah. So... Reaching into that bag of marbles, he was given the bag of marbles in the plane of fire. I'm going to assume I'm in the plane of ice right now. How many marbles do you recall I was given? Any idea? I think it was 13. Okay, and I used one of them summoning Trevor the first time. So I've got 12 marbles left. Yeah. Okay, so... Bramberry doesn't know how to use these. 
Banbury doesn't have any real understanding, but they should act as a kind of protection, I'd hope. So, he's going to hold one in each hand, and he's also going to pop one down his pants, down the back, <laughs> just in case. Safety first. He's not going to drop that. And if anything, it'll get nearer to him, then it'll get further away. It'll be uncomfortable, but it might help. Uh, then, he's going to look up at the sky and yell, Oi! You! Hello? A vast figure silhouetted against the sky bends forward towards him. And, and what you feel, you can't make out detail, but you get a feeling like the cold winter wind when it cuts right through you, just this kind of piercing chill. And then the scene has changed. It, there's no intermediate, you're in a different place. And the place you're in is smooth, rocky ground, leading up to the face, the white wall of a glacier, white and blue ice, and below it, a very blue lake. And below the lake, a small stream flows away down the hill. And beside the lake, is something that looks very like a witch's hut. Well, you've made it look uh, appealing to me, so off I go. No place like home and all that. As, as you start approaching the hut, a figure walks out of it, and they stay a little in the shadow of it, but you hear a voice that sort of feels like it comes from all around you. And the voice says, and it was said of her that she fell in love with the sun. And over that voice, a second voice is overlaid that says, Welcome, Banbury Loot Sex. Uh, Please do come over. Yeah. You've got a bit of reverb there. Um, you, you seem to know my name, and I could make assumptions, but I don't want to. So you are... I am called Ullum I know your name because you wrote it for me, so I am happy to share mine. Okay. I've never met a goddess before. Nice to meet you. It is a pleasure. And they will say of her that she was once also a bird, and the bird was flying through the ice, and it was said also... And you see, as you get a little closer, you remember when you smashed your mirror, and you looked down into that cracked glass, and... You could see your reflection in shards. And as you get a little closer, you see Ulumbriya in shards, as though there is a crack in the mirror between you and her. And some of the shards look human. Some of the shards look like a statue carved from ice. In some of them she has feathers. On one shard she has two arms on her right side. And one of the arms has had its hand severed. Another shard is entirely in shadow. Several shards cross her face and you can see eyes in two of them. So it's quite disconcerting to try and make out her face. And this pattern is slowly rotating or moving and kaleidoscoping. Can I, uh, can I pull up a pew? Please come in. I have tried to make it comfortable for you. Yeah, no, I, I like what you've done with the place. It's very homey. You got any cats? I... Do not keep animals 
They are too disorderly. You notice inside the cottage, it is homely. There's a table, there are herbs and plants hung across on the wall, as you might expect. There are three fireplaces, each with a fire burning in it. She sits by the table and offers you a seat beside her. So sit with me. Cool. So, uh... And it was said of her that the wind was her mind and her will was the stillness of the winter's night. This is coming in a slightly different voice at the same time from another mouth on a shard of her. Are you in control of all your voices? Could I speak to just one of you? I am many things. I am not supposed to be many things. I am one thing. But many things have become me. Okay, yeah, I think people are pulling you in different directions, and that's kind of why I want to talk to you. Now, we've got a mutual enemy in the Fae. Like, my mum spent her whole life, and all the people she works with have spent their whole life protecting the realms of, of the living, and men, and elves and stuff, I guess, from the Fae, and as far as I'm aware, you fought the Fae to look after your people? I have a stronger protection. I have the greatest protection for all. And I have been stopped, but I will protect the world from them. How will you protect the world from them? I will hold it safe within the crystals of ice. I'll wrap it still in stasis. All, all of your, all of your people that praised you and flocked to you, though, did they, did they not want to be free? They will be protected. My will is protection. They demanded protection. They wanted protection. But if you want their praise and you want to be a goddess, you need them to be active. I do not want to be a goddess. I am not a goddess, I am the will of winter. You are the will of winter, so you don't want to be a goddess. I'm sorry, Ollenbriar, I've been told things about you, but I've never really had the opportunity to speak to you. Not directly. They wanted a goddess. They forced me into a place where some of the shards start to darken and flicker, and one of the other voices takes over. A channel of dread, a channel of dread, a channel of dread, a channel of dread. The blood will never stop. The... Shards rearrange themselves momentarily and rotate and twist. Why are you attacking all the lands to the north? Why are your people doing this? Could we not make peace? Can we not... I have no choice. I have no control. I am a channel once more. I am a channel once more. I did not wish to be a channel. I am a channel between the ice and the world, as I was a channel between the gods and the world. Why must I always be this doorway? Why? Who's holding the door open? Is it Hector? The Cold Mind. Do you know that name? Yes, Hector. Hector is the Cold Mind. And how has he got influence over you? you you're a massively powerful being. You, you fought the Fae and held them at bay. You looked after your people. I am trapped. So you're trapped, and Hector is using you whilst you're trapped. He's tapped into you, and he's using you as a resource? I am not the unity of the Cold. I am a fragment of its power. A tiny fragment. Hector... Is another fragment. He reaches through me. My power is far greater, but he reaches just as you are just a candle before the flame eternal. So wait, are you telling me Hector is of the bloodline of ice? He is the descendant of ice. I thought there was two twins that were ruling in Sudek and had overtaken in the past few years. <sighs> they are sweet. They are good children. They always try to help me. They are not Hector. So wait, they're the bloodline of ice as well? No. They tried to free me. They brought others to me and heard my voice. And then Hector came. Okay. And how how would they free you? How would these ice twins free you? They found me where I was. 
deep within the ice, where I had been calling for so, so long. And it was said of her, that when the winter forgave and gave back one life, that the winter forgave all, and that those who were touched by that life were blessed by winter. She seems to have gone into some kind of reverie. And then after a moment she snaps back and she says, I thought they might find a way to release me. I need not be trapped here. I could return to the, to the heart of the ice. If you return to the heart of the ice, what would you do? I would return to my old laws, to my old rules. Which were what? To bring winter to power. Trying to make everything cold? Of course. Then I could create order in the world. So these two friendly children, you say, are they actually children in... I mean, I'm a child. Are they my age, or are we talking younger? You are also so young. You are also young. I have been broken for so many winters. I am shattered. I just wish to be restored. I just wish to return the law to the world. And just as you are a little candle, you serve a different law. I mean, you say serve. I don't serve anyone but myself. I might be some connected to something or other, but I'm I'm looking after me. To look after yourself is the start of looking after others. But it is no concern. You see, you can bring order to the world by your own law. By purging it all in flame? Ash is order. Mm, I mean, it is a kind of order. Flame burns as long as it can burn, and then it burns no more. It follows a deep law. No, I get it. You know, I've set fires before. I've seen the beauty in it. I've seen... Every every single person that's looked at a fire has been amazed by the wonder and beauty of it. Like, everyone knows the beauty of flame. And I'm sure, you know, if I'd seen some more snow and I had warmer boots, <laughs> I'd probably see the, the joy in that. Okay, so, so you want to be free and you have people pulling you in different directions and it's screwing of your brain and you want your sword back. The sword is the shattered fragment, broken part. So if you got your sword back... Or if you got the power from the sword and it was released, would that be enough to to free you from everyone's control? I would be complete. But there's so many forms to you, Ulambriar. Which which one would you be complete in? The bird? The lady I see before me that I assume is to help me feel more at ease talking to you? <laughs> the shards rotate several times rapidly. And she says, I could be all of these things in one. I am winter. Winter is many things. The birds that fly as the cold begins. The ice wind. The frozen sculptures formed by the water and the slow ordering of that which was disordered. I am all these things. I appear as a person because I have been made in that image forced into this shape. I do not wish to hold this shape. So who forced you? Who forced you into this shape? Your followers? They wish to perceive you as something? They called for me, and I could not resist. Okay, but they're all... All of your followers, I assume, are frozen in ice. They're... Dead? They are. Except for the new ones that are walking around? Fighting your war? They are preserved. Okay, preserved, but... They are preserved. They are protected. If they're preserved, they're not accurately thinking. They're not praising you. They're not singing your name. They're not... No. Thinking about you in a human form. Surely they're just preserved in status endlessly they are it is beautiful they don't have any control over you surely they never could but i could not return for the sword was gone and without it i was trapped in this form 
and the fires burn endlessly. And she looks towards the fireplaces in the cottage. So that fire there, that fire there, if someone snuffed out that fire, could you be free? If the fires were gone, I could be free. But they are no flame that you or anyone would know. They are old and terrible, part of the Canavir themselves. They are the chaos before the universe existed. Why not? Given you've got an army at your disposal, and you you know you're very powerful, I'm not hearing you, your lovely hovel to tell you what to do, but you, you could set them on the Fae rather than on the other people. Maybe get them to follow you out of their own choice rather than just trying to kill them. I just I don't see how this war is helping your end game here. It is not my war. Who, whose war is it then? They're all calling your name. This is the Cold Mines War. And he is more powerful than you? You can't just crush him? I am a prisoner. I cannot escape. And every time, if I tried to reach out, he would just draw the power through me. Okay. So how would you... I assume you don't like Hector in that case and you want Hector gone. I want to be gone from here. I want to okay. be gone. I do not wish to be a conduit of power, a channel. I am tired of being a stream. I wish to be the glacier once more. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I've had loads of homework from the elves before and I get tired and grotchety and I get fed up and I think, why? This isn't what I want from life. And you're a much more powerful entity than me. So I think it's even more ridiculous that you're having to put up with it. So just give me the info on Hector, where he is, what his power base is, how we can snuff him out. You know, job done. He is at the heart of an army and his desire is to draw all the Western Kingdoms under his control and he has a reason. I do not know what the reason is, but I know that he's driven by a desperation. But he does not consort with me, he does not speak to me. I am no more than a lake he draws water from. But all the people that follow him are following him under your name, are they not? Can you not manifest yourself? No, because you're trapped. I have so little reach. This is why the twins were so kind, so helpful. They reached to me. They could, I could reach them and they came. Then I could speak. If they're not the bloodline of ice, how could you speak to them? How are they so important? I don't get their connection now. They heard my voice from far away. I do not know why, but they found my voice. Others had found it, but they heard it clearer. They knew where to search. Why can't they spread your news? Why can't they, if they can hear your voice? Why can't they turn your his army against him? If everyone that thought they were following you and is instead following Hector, if your two prophets, if these ice twins, could tell them that your will isn't his will, maybe you could just seize control of your army. Ice creeps up the walls and she says, I do not wish for an army or for control of an army. I am shattered. I am not a creature that was designed for thought or for planning. I was made to be winter. I was made to be the cold and the reach and I was shaped and shaped and shaped but I was never I was never and the fractures like twist and rotate a little faster. And then she looks round for a moment and looks back. And then she says, I was never designed to think, thought, taught, to think, to plan. These are not my things. You say designed? Who would have made you? What is your origin? Are you not... I was shaped by the need of those who came. And because they all have different ideas and they've thought about you in different ways and... Surely every, I know you say you don't want to be a goddess, but surely every goddess is the same as you in that case. Surely every 
different area and, and creed of religion shapes the, the manifestation in a different way. Surely every goddess and every god has the same fractured identity and, and feelings and thoughts as you. Those that came after, they were wiser, more careful. They found a true ascendance. The Canavir hate the gods. They always have. They have a place that the Fae cannot reach. And that is why they must had to destroy me, so they could reach it. Wait, you're a pathway to where the gods live? For a moment I was a channel. Always a channel. Always a channel. Always the river, never the glacier. Never the heart of the ice. Always the edge of the ice, the limit of the ice. So where do the gods live? There is nowhere in the world that the ancient spirits of law or the Canavir cannot reach. But the gods have their own place that is in the hearts of people and also in the world. It is a place that is no place. They could not reach it. Oh, I've just been a bit sick in my mouth with that. They could not reach it. Right, in the hearts and minds of every person, the Fae can't get there because it's not how the Fae work. Okay, so it's not physical place. It is also a place. But it is no place. Right. I have only glimpsed it. And then I was being torn asunder a thousand times and torn asunder again, whilst the gods of the people were torn through me. Look, I'm going to put my cards on the table, because you've been more helpful than my own bloodline, the elves that basically brought me up in my isolated youth, the people I've been talking to on my travels. I don't want this war to continue. You don't want this war to continue because it's not in your interest and Hector is is abusing your power so I want to stop Hector and that's my end goal here he's in he's in the army yeah so he's near Falmouth at the moment I do not know where he travels wherever he is his power is close to me he can reach through it, what would he do if he got the sword that you want I fear he would find a way to draw far more power through me I would perhaps lose what fragments of Myself, my being, I remain into his home. Lastly, because to be honest, I've got a bead in my trousers, which is making this a very uncomfortable seat. <laughs> is he the only member of the bloodline of ice? Or are there others that I need to know about? You've got to know that, surely. I have seen no sparks like his, aside from him. I have seen no candle like you, aside from you. Wait, so you can see the other bloodlines? Imagine that you could see the stars at night. I mean, I don't have to imagine. I can see the stars at night. I mean, I probably shouldn't be being lippy to you. You're very powerful, and I apologise right away. Very sorry. It's a natural impulse. I have not seen the stars for so very long. Nah, they're overrated. Each one. Could you say how far it is? Could you say what its nature is? Nah. That there are stars, I know. The only two that... I have seen have been the cold mind and you, little candle. Alright. Not the best nickname. <laughs> so, it's an equivalent fire version of you, because I've met like middle management, <laughs> but I've not met the top dog, the channel to the other place. The flame eternal is one. The ice itself is one. I am made from a piece of the ice, but I am not all of the ice. There have been spirits like me of the flame, but they tend to be flickers and transient. They are here gone. They are the summer to my winter, perhaps. But they were not trapped. They were not conduits. They were not trapped. They were not conduits. They were not trapped. They were not conduits. They were not yeah, trapped. That, they were not right. conduits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. You're trapped. I get it. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm vowing right now. I'm gonna end Hector. 
So that's going to be helpful to you. If you can do anything to maybe slow down the war, pull it back, not attack any woodland areas would be. I mean, seas, 50-50 if you want to do it. Woodland areas, stay out. Horrible <laughs> places, not worth the bother. I have no power over how he uses the ice. I have not even, when there's a cracking sound, a kind of snapping tick, and she suddenly diminishes in size, and then flickers back to the size she was, and then diminishes in size again. And for a moment, the whole air is filled with a high-pitched whining. And then you hear the voice say, He takes my power. He takes my power again. He takes my power. Always the river, never the glacier. Always the wind, never the snow. Banbury is going to clench his butt cheeks and say there's no place like home. <laughs> his butt cheeks, because he uh, he does plenty of lunges, they're going to crack the uh, metaphysical ball. Yeah. And with that, the flame eternal will uh, reef him in flame and hopefully summon him out of wherever the hell I am. As Banbury is wreathed in flame, he can see the room around him still quite solid. The three fireplaces, and he sees this diminished, sharded figure of the goddess of the ice. And as the room fades, he sees she raises a single left hand and waves slowly to him. And then he's vanished from. I'd like it that as Banbury fell previously and tumbled, yeah. this time it's more graceful. He's just flying up with a little kind of jet of fire flying out of his butt cheeks as he just <laughs> shoots a off into the distance. Like the rocket man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. And Banbury finds himself ascending higher and higher above the ice and into the blue of the sky and then into the brightness of the sun and then into that heat and warmth. And you didn't realise how cold you were until you come into the heat. And then the brightness and the blaze is all around you. And it feels welcoming. And it feels like you're at home. And then it feels like you collide with something. As though you burst up through the ground and into your body. The rest of the Hawks, death is coming, is the good news. Yes! All the bad news, it depends how you depends how you think about it. I've got an idea. So, Enigma, you've got an idea. Let's take this straight into the scene. I've got an idea, guys. What's the idea, Enigma? We know he's coming, so we prepare by digging a big hole. Then putting some stuff over it, he falls into the hole. I mean, it's not your worst idea. I've also got a magical trap thing. When I say magical, I mean chemical. Okay. We can basically set up a trap for him. Do you have a magical spade? Um, not yet. I wonder how long it's going to take before he gets here. I wonder how long it'll take to make a magical spade. Yeah. Can we see anything, Ben? Uh, Hoon says, do you want me to go and check? Yes, please. Yeah, sure. He hops up on his horse and he rides off and then there is that quiet pop. Well, that's the last we're going to see of him. <laughs> I mean, it was a good flag if you think about it. Yeah. Quiet pop as they vanish and then a few moments pass and... There is a kind of sound and he reappears, cantering along on his horse. Uh, and he rides up to buy you and just... The horse goes from canter to a perfect stop. And he says, you probably have an hour, maybe two. Uh, two hours? They've got a few miles to come. 
Yeah, that's, that's plenty of time. You've got the time you need, I think. I'm not sure we could dig a very big hole in an hour. Okay, two trees like that Ewok thing. <laughs> what are our current surroundings looking like? Uh, what do you need, Tristan? I'll tell you if it's there. Well, I just want to know what we're near. Are we near any boulders, any trees? Are we on an open, empty savannah? It's open, but the land is a little bit rolling, so it's kind of... It's not completely level. There are low hills and dells. There are a few scattered boulders around. So if there was a location you needed to find, you could probably find somewhere. There's not many trees, but the vegetation is low scrub. So it's mostly like knee to waist height. Again, arid type scrub, but there are taller areas, kind of small wary shrubs growing around the place. Okay, so we heard Banbury's last words as Trevor, which we know Trevor's what he called that fire demon that he can summon. So <laughs> can we somehow shock his body into summoning Trevor again, maybe? <laughs> I mean, waking him up would be good. He's telling us use Trevor. Surely he's saying use Trevor. <laughs> yeah. How, how would we do that? Has he got magic marbles or something? I'm not touching his marbles. I don't know if I know that I see or not. You grab his marbles and we'll see what happens. Right, hold on. Do we know that I see that he's got magic marbles? Oh, we do know he's got magic marbles. Uh, yes. <laughs> Go on, fiddle with his magic marbles. Mm. There is a funny thing, though, about that, which is if you look at uh, Banbury's marble sack, uh. you'll notice that it looks entirely deflated. Oh, really? It's totally empty. It's almost like there are no marbles there. Okay, let's. we're going to search him, see if he's got anything else interesting that we can use. Because <laughs> <laughs> he might have something that we can do spells with. This will be interesting. What does Bambury have on his person, dear GM? <laughs> but does that lead us, if the hounds came through our camp at night, does that lead us to the conclusion that his marbles were stolen by death? Oh. And that maybe... <laughs> When he says Trevor, he doesn't mean it as a solution, but as a potential... Okay, that's a good point, yeah. I mean, I, I still say we see what he's got on him, because he might have something... Or he played marbles with someone else and lost the marbles. Maybe. I, I love the fact that Banbury gave you his best explanation of what was going on, and it was such a bad explanation that you're left in this scenario. It's so good. So, or he's saying that this death guy has Trevor to fight with him. Look, let's just loop. Let's, what's Banbury got on him? <laughs> uh, Why can't we wake him up? Has anyone tried to wake him up? Oh, no. Let's give him a bit of a slap. Uh, oh. <laughs> that was easier than we thought. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Banbury. Uh, Banbury, hey, I want to play marbles. Have you got any spare? I think I'm going to throw up. I think it's a clue. <laughs> I will tell Enigma that Banbury whispered to me that she needs to get closer and look for the marbles and subtly avoid the puke. <laughs> <laughs> Banbury's marble sack looks normally inflated. <gasps> Quick, grab it, Enigma! I don't want to grab his inflated marble <laughs> Smash sack. Smash him, just start smashing him. Banbury, don't worry, you go back to sleep, we've got what? this. Okay. I'm going to start kicking the marble sack on top of him with my heel. <laughs> Banbury, wake up! Inflate your marbles! <laughs> Banbury, can you tell us anything useful about what's about to happen? Death? I mean, useful. We, we guessed that death would like be on there. I'd like some water, please. My mouth tastes all, like, cottony. I think I've got some lemons somewhere. Mm. Okay, I'll pass him some water. Thank you. 
But I'll no, I'll hold it above his mouth so his lips don't touch it. Gug 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 gug. Okay. I just keep I keep going. Then waterboard him. I keep giving him more water. Okay, that's I'm good. I just, I'm good now. I just don't stop. Waterboard this poor boy. Covering his nose and his eyes. He's just waterboarding me now, Tristan. A flannel over his Tristan. mouth. Oh, sorry, I was chatting to Percy and just looking away and Okay. Yeah. Um We'll help him set up. Thanks. Come on, little buddy. I mean, it kind of went well. What did? I, I scried on death. I can see he's coming. He's probably about an hour away. That's really useful information, Bamri. Very well done. Thanks. Is there anything else <laughs> that you want to share with us, though? I mean, not if you're going to give me the sass, no. <laughs> I mean, if, you, if you're just going to be a sassy little uh, sassy pants, then no, I'm just going to sit on the information I have. Oh, Tristan, you're the best. Enigma, you're the best. Little Bambri, screw you and you're, you're trying to help the group. This Fine, whatever. Someone's got a drug hangover. Well, if he's coming in an hour, then... I mean, we could play checkers or something in that time. Get a game in or two. Right, Bambri, you said Trevor. Yeah. Do, do you remember Trevor? Little fellow, is that, is that your real name? Trevor? Is that what you want us to call no. you? No, my real name's Bambri. You know my name's Bambri. No, the... Yeah, like, but... the... Death isn't death. He isn't a human. He's He's got a kind of ice elemental possessed in him or around him. <gasps> like Trevor. Oh, I see. Also... I just had a nice chat with someone. I wasn't trying to scry on Ulumbriar. Uh, but Ulumbriar summoned me to her and I just had a sit-down chat with her. How long have I been unconscious for? Days. Uh, minutes? Seconds. Mm. Just tell us, what what happened? Oh, she's all right, actually. I might switch sides. Yeah, I feel like you've been brainwashed. Continue. <laughs> yeah, no, she seems fine. Uh, well, that's good to know. Yeah. So how do we defeat this guy? <laughs> Oh, I mean, I don't have a clue. He's uh, he's powered by your mate, Hector. Oh. So it turns out Ulubri was actually much more information helpful than the elves or the Eternal Flame or or any of that stuff. So she's she is a powerhouse and she is like a battery, like I thought. But it isn't the Ice Twins that are causing the war. It's your mate. He was looking into the bloodlines because he's the bloodline of Ice. It's not them, it's never been them. Oh. It's him, it's Hector. I see, okay. So he's leading an army, he's using her as a battery, and he's trying to take over the world. Like, he was trying to weaponize it, because it was a weapon available to him. And he's gone down to Sudek, and, and he's revved up the people, and Ullumbriar's not really up for it, she just wants to be all cold and frosty and do what frost stuff does. I mean, she does want to cover the entire world in frost. I'm not going to lie about that, that's... Hmm. I mean, that's not great, but I don't think she probably could... I think she's probably just the element. I see. So I'm sure summer would come and stop her, or fire would. Anyway, yeah, like Hector's in charge of that army, and he's he's the one we need to sort out. And he's currently with a bunch of the Skelar people from down south. Okay. And they're all attacking Falmouth, 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 and all that kind of stuff. So I think maybe we just leave all this Malahim stuff and go straight back and deal with that and, and kill Hector. I kind of promised her that I'd kill Hector. But I'm going to be honest, I was just acting the big boy in front of her because, <laughs> I mean, from what you say, it doesn't sound like a terrible idea. Yeah. Should we just should we just call it? Mm. I'm going to look up at Coon. We're going to call it. If you want to go on to Malahim and sing this song, Tristan will write it down. We're going to head west. Well, we're pretty close to Malahim. I think we should probably push on there before heading back. Otherwise, Tristan dies. Ah, I mean, uh... Willie, though. Well, it depends what good we could do back home. Coon says, this is very charming. You have about an hour until someone comes to kill you. 
Oh, we're used to that. Yeah, loads of people have tried to kill us. Do you have a plan for that? Is there some... Yeah, we had a plan. Do you not remember? We discussed it like half an hour ago. I know this lot have forgotten because we recorded this two months ago. But the plan was... I don't remember a plan. I don't remember a plan. Yeah, yeah, I know. None of you remember the plan. No. But we had a plan. Did it involve the monkeys? You should send us your notes. Uh, I don't have notes. I've just got a memory. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, we've got a plan, Coon. Calm it down. Go and saw your horse out. Jeez, he's a bit much, isn't he? Coming over here, giving it large. Oh, you... We we said to him, is he still listening? <laughs> we said to him, what's the fastest workhorse? He's like, oh, don't worry, lads. And lass, we'll get you across. There'll be no trouble. It'll be lovely. It'll he be a lovely time. And what is this? Four days in, he's like, oh, you've got someone trying to kill you behind me. We told him that at the start. <laughs> Bleeding bloody heart. <laughs> Sod off. So what was our plan, Banbury? Well... <laughs> Hey, let's recap the plan we all remember. Okay, I'll very quickly recap. We've got some horses. I'm going to put the invisible cloak on maybe Enigma. I'm going to ride around as a headless. It was a bad plan. Do you remember this? It was a terrible plan. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. That's why we don't remember it, because it was nonsense. (laughs) Look, let's find somewhere to try and ambush him. It won't work because he's got hunting hounds that can smell us. Percy's just going to have to kill him like he killed his brother. I'll try and see if I can use my marbles to somehow get the ice demon off him so that it's Percy versus death in a slightly fairer fight. Uh, Enigma and you can kill all the hounds and Coon can carry on being a bitchy little bitch bitch. It doesn't have to be a one-on-one fight between me and death. I mean, it looks cool. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be, but you're the hero, so, you know, take one for the team. <laughs> Can't Ulan Bright help us in any way? Table's turned. Uh, nah, Ellen Briar's trapped, and Ellen Briar's pretty mental. Like, you know, we were talking about the fact that faith is what shapes something. She's in a lot of different shapes right now. She's being pulled all over the place. Also, she's not really a goddess, and she said she didn't want to become a goddess. It's just people wanted her, and so she answered the call. But she froze all her followers, so I don't think she's a very good goddess. So, what does she say about the sword? I'm gonna be honest, I was tripping pretty heavy balls, and I was quite scared. So... I'm definitely sure she said we should destroy it and that... Your face doesn't look like there's a lot of truth coming through here. I don't remember what she said. I was in a very intimidating situation. I tried to act very calm and brave. I think I've come out of this with a lot more information than any of you have got. That's all I've got. I'm not doing it again. One more act tactics, two I feel a bit sick. Okay. Percy, you're going to have to kill Death. You two, you're going to have to kill the horses. Coon, you're going to have to zip it up. I'm going to throw up in the corner. We're killing horses now. I feel like that's the turnaround. So, Coon, you've got one magical horse. Yes, of course. Enigma's got some alchemical traps. I've got bows and music. Banbury might have flaming marbles. Percy's got his innate goodness. I've got nunchucks. You've got nunchucks. What can we do? do? Probably put the nunchucks down. I think that's step one of the new plan. God damn it. We can't really dig a hole. We can't climb a tree. We can't make like a big rabbit snare to catch him. Are the dogs coming when he does, do you think, Banbury? Look, I... Rephrase that. Are the dogs going to arrive when he arrives? (laughs) I reckon we can kill the dogs with ease. But I can kill the dogs. They're just dogs. You could kill the dogs with arrows from like a bit of a distance. Like the big threat is him. I quite like dogs. Uh, It's not very sporting. I prefer to use my fists and I prefer to be naked. You'd like to... You just like to fist the dog, right? I could get naked, I guess. That will help. I thought you had to, like, pile drive them and... Yeah. Isn't that the traditional way? 
I reckon, actually, I think if one of the dogs is the one that I fought with, I think we've got a bit of a rapport, so I can probably win it to our side. <laughs> Tristan, the dogs aren't the issue here. Percy, mm. you fought this guy before, and obviously all of your church hate dogs. The lineages. Mm -hmm. So I assume they've got some kind of prayers or wardings, or maybe you could do something to, to banish the ice from him or the possession from him. I can attempt to. I mean, that's what we tried the last time. And did it work? It had it had some effect. Well, you were there and you, you've seen the results, so... I was cowering behind a desk, I think, but yeah. That still makes you there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but... I've got an idea. As he comes close enough, I'm going to try and sense his music and see if I can sense any splits between this ice creature and his soul. See if I can put any rifts and start a tear, and then per Percy can run up and try and do his kick... So maybe if Enigma and you, with Trevor's assistance, try and distract him long enough for me to get his sort of soul music and then put a little crack in the ice, clever, huh? and then Percy can, boom, soul punch him. Okay, so all of our plans evolve, Percy going one-on-one. -on -one. I'm fine with this. No. And the distraction is we use an invisibility cloak and pretend that we're a headless horseman. Yeah, we've got this. Okay, cool. It's not a bad idea, it's better than the whole idea. It is kind of a bad idea. If he had a magic spade, it would be better. Well, I know, but I'm assuming that he'll be, he'll then start, he'll see through their ruse and start fighting them. And that's Wait, when... wait, wait, wait. Percy thinks it's a bad idea and he's the leader. He's also the smartest one of us. No, I meant the, the headless horseman thing. Yeah, we, we were on oh, no, that's with the that. best bit of the idea. That was my <laughs> bit, Percy. It's, it's got flair. I'll grant you that. Thank you. Yeah. So what could we do that was not as good as that, but you know, better. What if we use the magic cloak to get around the back of it? Ah, oh, they can smell us. Oh, you leave the dogs to me. I was thinking that way we'd create the distraction by being behind them and stabbing them up. Yeah. Because then that'd be a distraction. A little bit of confusion, Percy gets in there, slots them. So I feel like last episode that you guys don't remember recording is going to be 40 minutes of us discussing how we're going to do this fight. And then yeah. this episode is going to be 40 minutes of us discussing this fight. So it might need Ben to go, do -do 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 and us have this. <laughs> no, now we're getting the actual plan in, in motion. We were just humouring you with the last one. Yeah, the last one, unfortunately, the, the recording break was so long that uh, we do have a problem. I would say Tristan that your idea for seeking the music would definitely give you a window to aid interfere if Percy used his exorcism move. Yeah, yeah that's the plan. Um, so in order to, to perform an exorcism, uh, and this is probably where some of the planning will come in, it would certainly be preferential to have marked out and prepared a space for the rites to take place in. Um, and if we have information on the true nature, which I guess we do from... Banbury's uh, little research expedition. Yes, you do. If we know the true name of the possessing entity, then that would also be useful. I guess in terms of information, we've probably got as much as we're going to get. Um, but marking out a space and then luring him into that space. Yeah. That might be the way to go. I've just had a genius plan. So I seem to remember him and Banbury. I know Banbury and um, Arsene had a bit of a rapport. Was there any kind of rapport between death and Banbury any kind of like oh you're the magic user type thing no he tried to hammer his spear through Banbury by hammering it through the table Banbury was hiding under that was most of it I think you had more of a rapport with him than anyone probably yeah well I was going to suggest we have Banbury pretends to be laying dead over by that tree Bath. 
with Enigma hiding next to him under the invisibility cloak. Um, I will just be sitting on this rock here playing my guitar. Like, whatever, you don't even scare me, Death. Percy can be, like, behind the rock. I mean, I could make Percy invisible. Ooh, that's quite good. Like, I can make one person invisible and we can put the cloak on someone else. Also, I can totally 100% not be the bait. <laughs> no, I was thinking that as well. Okay. Well, maybe if Enigma's the bait, because she's quick and she's wily, she can get out of there. Oh, I was going to say no, but you've just cursed it with flattery. I'm totally yeah. doing it. And I'm doing better than you. It's almost like I know how to play people. I'm going to swing through the trees while I'm doing it. Bambri, you can hide close by under the cloak, make Percy invisible. I'll sit there nonchalantly so that as he's coming closer, I can see him maybe working on the music. And then, blammo. Tristan T. Wilder, T stands for planning. Yes. <laughs> so ben, is there anything a bunch of us could hide behind, like nearby, like a ridge or? You've got low hills, you've got boulders and bits of scrub. You could certainly find like a little stand of scrubby bushes or you could find a kind of biggish boulder. There's not like huge rocks, but big enough that you could certainly like crouch down behind and put yourselves a bit out of sight. I take it there's nothing big enough that if we climbed to the top of it would be out of reach of dogs. I wouldn't say there is, no. Okay. But anything else like that you need, in terms of concealment, you can find it. In terms of terrain that's impassable, not so much. Percy, do you want to pick some land and consecrate it and then the rest of us will hide? Mm. If there's a hole in the middle of that consecrated land, it'd be even better. Indeed. Uh, yeah. I feel like there's a pan there. It was all brushes, wasn't it, the, the train? Uh, yeah, it's kind of like classic arid terrain type stuff. Grass, low brush. There are kind of patches of open sand as well, so you could definitely, if you needed to mark stuff out in sand, you could do that quite easily, and there's a lot of small rocks and rocky stones around. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure we could choose somewhere and begin to mark it out. I'm slightly wondering well, how it's best to perform this right. Obviously, we did something the last time, which sort of temporarily banished him out of the way, but if we actually want to get rid of him with some permanence, then it may be a more involved right. He almost, I mean, he ran away there, and he was prepared and waiting for us, and we didn't have Enigma, hmm. or Coon, and Coon's, yeah. I don't know what the other one's called. Yeah. Hey you, with the long face, not the horse. Kid <laughs> <laughs> just like half-heartedly lands an arrow just between your feet. There we go, see, she can help as well. <laughs> So there's like we've got a lot more of us this time, and he's not prepared and ambushing us. We're kind of ambushing him, so we're good. Well, if Coon and here take the dogs, except um, old Betsy, I'll be fighting her. We got a Long Fang, that's her name. Uh, White Wolf, I don't know. That dog, I thought. Old Yeller. <laughs> hmm. Okay, so what kind of shape do you mark out, Percy? Big love heart. <laughs> <laughs> big, big penis. <laughs> 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 uh, no, so we're going to do a, a a circle, and then there'll be seven points around the edge of the circle, and in each of those points, there'll be the symbol of one of the seven sisters. Okay, yeah. And then there'll be an inner circle, uh, in which I will mark out a roughly sort of human-sized um, lantern, being the symbol of my particular deity. Yeah. And then I will sprinkle various different bits of... Uh, materials that we use in rites and incantations around the church yeah. over the area to consecrate it. Okay. So what we're going to need to do, once I've prepared all that, is somehow get death 
and just pin him to that middle bit there where the lantern is in order to be able to just complete the right on him. The nipple bit. Everybody got that? Yeah. Yeah. I thought there was going to be more. I mean, we understand it. We don't know how we'll do it, but yeah. Okay. Maybe we can lasso him and drag him along with a horse or something. How are you with lassoes? I've got magic silk attached to some daggers. Ah, yeah. I wonder if I could control it well enough to tie him up. That would be good. And we do have um, Tristan, who is good at kite flying or whatever it was. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to attach myself to some string from him and glide above him. Yeah. Heard him like, you know... Kumba! <laughs> Away to me! <laughs> Here we go. Kuhn says, I think it would be ambitious to herd him with his own dogs. Admittedly. I think it's the other way round normally. I like the fact that the circle has like a dustbin in the middle. <laughs> That's the lantern. Blasphemy! <laughs> I can't see. It does look a little bit like a dustbin, the way I've drawn it. A little bit like a dustbin. Just, it's like a dust lantern. Dusty bin. Yeah, look at you growing up somewhere where they had dustbins. <laughs> they have them on the streets. They have them in the palace, I hear. <laughs> what? No, they're, they're a common occurrence uh, amongst the poor. <laughs> Little foot pedals on them, too. Foot pedals? I mean, obviously she wouldn't have put anything in herself. The butler would have done it. <laughs> but she's seen people using them. Definitely heard about them. You're so privileged. You grew up in a place looking at people use bins. <laughs> <laughs> they use the lids to bang together when they start riots. That's what the poor people do. But don't worry, Daddy kills them at that stage, right? <laughs> right? Oh. Just heard them into the river. We soon crushed that descent. <laughs> Long live the queen. <laughs> I am the descent. This is the perfect time for us to all turn on Enigma. So you have a little while where you hear, you can hear distant barking. Right. Might I mean, the they might be outpacing him. We might want to thin the dogs out beforehand. Hey, Coon, can you check if they're, like, he's physically with them? Coon says, yes, he was. Yeah. How's he caught up? He is inhumanly fast. Maybe we can lead the dogs away somehow with a line of sausages. I mean... <laughs> Definitely sausages. That's a waste of sausages. Also, I cooked our only sausages last night on watch. Yeah. we got adventure packs. They're bound to be full of bacon. Right, so who is hiding and who's not? Right, you are on a rock. Uh, Enigma is out in the open as bait because she's nails and fast. I'm spinning my daggers with the silk thing so it looks like I'm, like I'm going... I'm like showing off. Um, and they'll be like, oh, it's like some kind of street performance. And he'll come up with a schmeckle to throw in my hat. <laughs> and I'll be like, ha, now you're in my clutches. And I will use daggers to slice him to ribbons and use those nice. ribbons to uh, plait with my own ribbons and silk. Flawless. Very good. Very good. Very good. Textile project. Mm -hmm. Okay. Percy's going to wear the cloak. That way he can just shrug it off at the right point and say something all manly and, and heroic and I'm going to be actual legitimate invisible possibly on a broom possibly firing down black magic let's make sure we know where you take the the robe off though Percy do it like near somewhere we know or make a mark on the ground so we don't just lose it yeah he's made a massive mark on the ground alright so you're going to do it whilst inside okay and you don't have to be naked underneath it I, he does actually <laughs> yeah. he does have to be naked under his cloak that's how clothes work under his cloak <laughs> so <laughs> Percy gets cloaked up Banbury do you want to give me these uh, rolls uh, yep so I'll start with the invisibility nice Banbury's very good at magic Okay, so Banbury is sufficiently invisible. 
He's then going to take a run up and try and launch himself into the air on his uh, slightly rubbish broom. Oh, <laughs> he's going to tumble face first into the floor <laughs> on his broom. Banbury. Yep. You go to take off on your broom and the sensation of flight just brings back all the worst feelings that you had <laughs> previously. Everything from your psychedelic experience comes flying back. The world spins and you just cannot balance. Mark the debility sick. Okay. I mean, mark it where. <laughs> That's the first time this has happened. It's next to constitution. Ah, uh, right. Minus one con. Okay, cool. Yeah, which, in fairness, you don't frequently get asked for a constitution roll, so it's probably as safe as it can be. But, so Bambi's yeah. going to run up, and as he's running to try and take off, he's just going to slow down a bit and then drop the broom and then heave a little and throw up, and then Invisible Bambury will be like, yeah, do you know what? I think I'll, I'll just stay on the ground for this one. Climb the tree. <laughs> Yeah, the rest of you can see just like a pool of water appear briefly in the sand and then vanish into it. Yeah. All right, uh, Tristan, give me a leg up. Okay. That's not me. That's just the air. I'm over here. <laughs> okay, I'm going to lift up uh, this really light. I'm like, wow, he's so light. <laughs> I've done it. I'm just going to scrabble up your back. Stay there. Oh, fine. Right, I'm going to climb a tree. Yeah. How big is this tree? Oh, the trees around here are very small. They're more like bushes than trees honestly okay so Bambi's just lying uncomfortably on top of a bush but he is invisible and they're coming towards us on the map and the bush has actually got like a deformed shape of a human in it that is clearly <laughs> yeah, like visible the top of it is weirdly flat I'm going to give everyone the thumbs up but obviously they can't see it so then they'll yell <laughs> thumbs up sorted everyone we're good mm -hmm. yep I think so well I guess we'll just wait here for 15 minutes like this then shall we <laughs> the hawks lie in wait I'm going to have my bow next to me as well. I put a hat down in front of me. From the south, the sound of dogs gets louder and then suddenly kind of gets quiet. Ah, we've done it. <laughs> They've gone past us. The camera comes in from the north and it travels over Coon, who has led the horses a distance away to safety. Here is closer to you on horseback with her bow. And then it passes over Tristan sat on a rock. Enigma spinning her knives. Enigma, are you actually in the circle? Yes. So Enigma, in the circle, spinning her knives. Cloth hat in front of me. Cloth hat in front of I'm her. I'm not just spinning them, I'm making, I'm making shapes. Making shapes. Square, a triangle. Penis. <laughs> yeah, that's a good shape, it's a good shape. And then it passes beyond these circles and you see the group of hounds moving up from the south. Is this camera work like that Arthurian film we saw? Oh, God. <laughs> it's swooshing in or something. Yeah, the camera's like swooshing along the ground and then it follows them up. <laughs> and then it swings back and the hounds have stopped a hundred metres or so away. And a uh -oh. sharp-faced young man has walked from among them and come up to approach you. And he walks towards you, Enigma, and he says... There is no need for trouble here. That's not trouble. I'm just showing off my skills. Says, yes, but all you need to do is give us the sword. We will forget it, everything else, and we will go. That is all we need.
Hello, I'm Dr. Hooper from the Miskatonic Time Travel University. I've just come back all the way from the Dark Ages just to listen to crudely drawn swords. Please like and review it in your podcast providers. Together with my colleague Ali Hancock, here's Enigma. Enigma, Enigma. We'll be performing Hancock and Hooper's excellent adventure at the Edinburgh Fringe at the South Sider from the 3rd to the 13th of August at 10.45pm. Your future selves said you had a fantastic time. We look forward to seeing you there.